Today's title of the message is whatever. Have you ever just thrown your hands up in the air and just said, whatever, you know, like whatever, whatever's going on in life. Maybe you walked in the door with some different circumstances. Maybe this week has been like everything is just kind of added up to like whatever. Have you ever just yelled at the moon and said, God, whatever. Like this is, it's just been a lot I've been currently in a season of just um, just trying to figure out, like, God, what are you doing? It just seems like a lot of different things in, in my life. We are so blessed as a family, but there's a lot of different areas in my life that I'm just, you know, just trying to discover, God, what is it that you're doing right now? It seems like challenge after challenge, mountain after mountain, um, just seems like a lot of obstacles, a lot of hurdles in life right now. And so... I titled this message, Whatever. And because a lot of times when we're saying, when we get to a point where we're like, okay, God, like, what are you doing? I'm ready to throw in the towel. What's happening is the Lord's actually renewing something in us. He's creating something new in us. And a lot of times we don't like change. Amen? We don't like change. And so God is actually inviting us to change. And so he's working on different areas of our character. He's working on different areas of our life that he wants to invite us to surrender over to him. And a lot of times what happens is it's not only that our life is saying whatever, but it's actually Jesus inviting us to change us from the inside out. And it, it, it kind of hurts. You know, it's, it's a lot of pain. And we don't necessarily always like to work on ourselves, do we? So today, whatever, <laughs> whatever is going on in your life, whatever you walked in the door with, whatever mountains that you've been facing, whether it's financial, whether it's parenting, whether it's jobs, whether it's people, whatever is going on, I just got amazing news for you today that God has something so prepared for you in his word. He knows you. He knows your circumstances. He knows your life. He knows what you're walking in the door with. He's, he's ready. He's prepared and he's given us his word in Philippians that we're going to read today, where Paul actually says, whatever he does. He says, whatever. And so I'm going to go ahead and pray, and then we're going to jump right into God's word. God, we thank you so much that, that you have amazing plans for each one of us in this room. And so, Lord, I, just, I thank you so much that you know our hearts. You know exactly what we're walking in the door with. You know what's going on in our life. You know things that have been weighing on us. You know things that, um, uh, hmm. you know things that we're walking through. You know areas that you're actually changing in our hearts, changing in our life. And so, Lord, I just choose to just get out of your way. Jesus, would you speak directly through me? Holy Spirit, would you would you enlighten our hearts to your Word, and would it just be alive and living this morning? in every single way possible. Yeah. Have your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're looking at Philippians 1, 27. I'm going to go ahead and read this. It'll be up here on the, on the slide too. It says, whatever happens. Can you say whatever happens? Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Done. 
Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Whatever comes our way, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Jesus. Whatever happens, so whatever we walk in with, whatever we're facing, conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear of you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one for the faith of the gospel without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. Paul is writing to the church and he says, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ so that if I see you in person, if we run into each other and I actually get out of prison and I see you, that I know that you have this one spirit, the same spirit that's inside of me. But if I look at your Snapchat, if I look at your Instagram post, I know even from afar that you conduct yourself in a manner worthy of Christ. Can I get an amen? Amen. All right. (laughs) This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but, but that you will be saved and that by God. So Paul's saying, you know, you're going to have this hope that's inside of you, that if people don't have Jesus Christ inside of them, it feels like life is full of just destruction. There's no hope. Without Jesus Christ, there's no hope. That's our whole thing this year was to pray for three people to receive the hope of Jesus Christ. Because what I've realized in the last three years, if you don't have Jesus Christ, you lack a lot of hope in life. And so it's, it's so important for the church to be praying and inviting people into the good news of Jesus Christ so that others can have the same hope that we have. So he says, if you don't have hope, you're just, they'll be, they won't be saved and there will just be destruction. No hope. For it, is, for it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for him. Hmm. It's been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him, so not only do you get to believe in Jesus, but you get to suffer for him. Are you guys excited? Can somebody say yay? We get to suffer for Christ. Woo! Since you're going through the same struggle you saw I had and now hear that I still have. So the same struggles that I have, Paul's right in the church. You see the, stu- the struggles that I'm going through, and I still have them. They haven't let up. That's not really encouraging, Paul. So whatever in life, whatever you face, the struggles that are going on in your life, conduct yourself in a manner that's worthy of Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross. And so Paul says, there's a lot of struggles that I personally have, and I still have today, that I'm still walking through. Some of the struggles that Paul had is, number one, he's in prison right now, and he's writing to the church. He's writing to the church in prison. He's getting thrown in prison because he proclaimed the good news of Jesus Christ. Thank God for the freedom we have to to actually talk about Jesus today. Speaking of that, if you served in our military, would you go ahead and stand up right now? And I'd just like to give you a round of applause. If you serve in our military, any of you, go ahead and stand up. Anyone that served in the military, stand up. Very good. Thank you so much. 
Thank God for the freedom we have to talk about Jesus Christ. Here's Paul in prison for just sharing the good news of hope of Jesus. So that's a struggle, isn't it? The other struggle that Paul had is he's lonely. Do you imagine just, man, just being by yourself and hoping that other people are listening to your words and as you write these words down? He's all alone in this. It's a struggle, isn't it? He's thrown into prison unjustly. He's accused. He's awaiting trial. He's actually hearing the gospel proclaimed just to cause him more grief in prison. That people were actually taking this gospel message that Paul was talking about and they were using it in town to actually stir up more problems for Paul in prison. That's hard, isn't it? That's tough. I think you could summarize what Paul's talking about when he says suffering, when he says you're going to walk through trials with, with a, couple of different, um, a couple of different ways that we walk through this, that we can identify with Jesus Christ, we can identify with Paul. And the first one is, is walking through trying to take care of our own needs, where, where we're trying to make things happen on our own, where we're taking care of our own needs. It's an attack on, will God really take care of you? And so you strive so hard to make things happen on your own. You're working so hard to finally make things happen that you have to take care of your own needs. And so Paul has this where he's trying to take care of his own needs. He's, he's awaiting trial in prison. He's sitting there. People are taking care of him. And he has to completely rely on Jesus Christ that he's going to take care of him. had to trust the Father that he'd take care of his needs. Jesus also had to trust the Father. So as we identify with Jesus, we have to trust the Father as Jesus trusted the Father. He went into the desert for 40 days to be tempted. And the enemy actually came to him and says, like, hey, talk to that rock and tell it to turn into water. And Jesus says, no, the Father will take care of me. I don't need to take care of things on my own. I don't need to do that. The Father will let me know when it's time. The other, the other thing that we walk through suffering as Paul walked through suffering, take care of his own needs, hoping that God would take care of him, is the other one is um, an attack on our character, our identity. I think this is an ongoing thing that we constantly are walking in in this world that we are actually approached so many times with others or things that tell us who we are as opposed to who God says we are. Our identity is constantly under attack. And it's, it feels like suffering a lot of times because we don't know who we are sometimes. We get lost in that trap. Paul had people making accusations about him, his character, his motives. Jesus had people constantly telling him who he was, asking him who he was. Are you really the son of God? just this constant attack of his identity. Paul says that we will share in the same sufferings as Jesus. But whatever happens, so whether it's 
I'm not sure if God's going to take care of my needs and I got to trust in God in that or it's an attack on our identity and we have people actually tarnishing our identity or the enemy brings back our past all the time trying to make us think that's who we are is our mistakes. Whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner that's worthy of the gospel of Christ. So whatever comes your way, whatever you're walking in with, whatever you're walking through in life, whether it's in this season or the next season, conduct yourself in a manner that's worthy of the gospel of Christ. This word conduct actually means it's a citizenship of the kingdom of heaven. Conduct, conduct means that you are no longer a citizen of earth. You are actually a citizen of heaven. So you can actually conduct yourself in a way of thinking heavenly in every single one of life's decisions and every one of the circumstances. In all of the suffering, we can have a kingdom mindset that says, whatever happens to me, I'm keeping my eyes focused on Jesus Christ. As we conduct ourselves, we are citizens of the kingdom of heaven. And so this is what Paul invited the church of Philippi into. Hey, whether I see you in person or whether I see you out and about, I just want you to know that you can conduct yourself as a citizen of heaven. And that sounds really good, but I just want to pause for a second and say, that's so hard to do. You mean when somebody personally attacks me, I don't have to go right back to them with a personal attack? How many of you have ever text like this? <laughs> just growl. I don't have to personally attack that coworker that's saying these things about me. I'm conducting myself as a citizen of heaven. I don't have to get super stressed out and have tons of anxiety of how God's going to provide for my needs. Maybe in a season of, of parenting where, where we're just full of anxiety for our kids, I don't have to live that way. How am I supposed to do that? Well, one thing I love about the Bible is not only is it the New Testament, it's the Old Testament, but they, they work together with each other. And the Lord just brought up this verse, and we actually just sang it a little bit ago from David. It's found in Psalms, Psalms 23, 5 through 6. It says this, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So how do I conduct myself as a citizen of heaven in all of life's circumstances, whatever comes my way? It says, David says that God prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. I love that David says that you anoint my head with oil because I was thinking of David when he was actually anointed to be king. Solomon came to his house and he actually put his hand on him and anointed his head and said, you're going to be king. So he comes back to this identity. You anointed my head with oil. I'm prepared for this. I'm okay, whatever life throws at me because I know my identity in Jesus Christ. So David knew this. Then he goes on to say, surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So this is this life, but you know what? My life is an eternal line. My life doesn't end at my death. I will dwell in the house of the Lord and just keep on going. So I may dwell in the house of the Lord here and there may be suffering, but my life actually just keeps on going eternally. 
And so David had a really good grasp of this. But that very first line that he says is he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And that was something that I was just like, man, I just want to stick on that. So whatever comes my way, God has prepared a table before us in the middle of it. He's actually prepared a table before you for you to sit down. God is inviting you to dinner in the middle of suffering. Isn't that good to know? How many of you are hungry today? Two. Two of you. Okay. Ariel, can you help me again? <laughs> Give it up for Ariel. I got a little demonstration for us. Come on up. The Bible says that he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy. It's a picnic blanket. So God just sets a table. So what's going on? The Lord's setting a table down. Then he says, have a seat. And he brings a basket. Are you hungry? Are you thirsty? Let me take care of you. There's some grapes in there. Have some. Enjoy. So how are things going? <laughs> are you thirsty? There's some water. Let me get this for you. Drink up. I see what's going on out there. I see what's happening. Have a drink. <laughs> Enjoy it. No, drink, drink a big gulp. <laughs> Really drink it. <laughs> Here, have some day-old bread. No. <laughs> God's bread's always new, right? It's healthy bread. So as life and the circumstances of life, as chaos is surrounding us as we're walking through whatever we're walking through as we're suffering as we're as we're pushing on as 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 you know we're just getting hit from the left and the right from life god sets a table before us and just says have a seat i love you this is my daughter this is my daughter i love her this is the Lord. My love for my daughters, in my mind, is a thousand, but God's love for his daughters and his sons is, is infinite. 
And he says, I see what's going on. I see you in the middle of suffering. I see, I see what you're walking with. I see what you're in. I see you. I feel it. I'm with it. A lot of times we want, we, we pray for God to remove us from the situation, right? Can I get an amen? Like, get me out of here. This is so hard. But what the Lord does is he doesn't always remove us. Sometimes he's working on things in our own life. And the number one thing that I have learned is all he's doing is he's bringing us closer to him. I want to be your everything, Neil. I want to supply all your needs. I want you to come to me when you're thirsty whatever you're walking with. Are you going to drink any more water? (laughs) Have you guys, uh, I know it's Memorial Day, so like we're getting ready to go swimming again. Do you know pool noodles? Have you ever seen pool noodles? And so the Lord, as, as I was like dreaming about this picture, the Lord is just revealing to me with life and all the different circumstances that are going on, the things that really weigh on us is really the, the enemy's attack. And they're just like pool noodles. It's just like, you know, they're annoying, right? Super annoying. But God just covers over us and hovers over us and protects us from that when we step into his presence. And so David says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of of my enemies means I'm not going to just grab you out of this situation. I'm not going to grab you out of these circumstances. What I'm actually inviting you to do is I'm telling you, I want to be your everything. I want you to draw close, get closer to me right now. You guys give it up for Ariel. 